Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Welcome back to another conversation with Anna. Today, you guys are gonna have one with my good friend and former student. Emily Hep. And I have to tell you, as a teacher, some of the things that bring you the most joy are full circle moments. And I've had several with Emily. Um, I don't know that I would have had her in class when she was in high school had I not been uh, bold enough to start a student run business at our high school. And she was in that and just an absolute joy. I think if you bring up her name to anyone who's ever met her, they don't have one negative, nothing but positive energy. She's just amazing. Then she goes on to do things like her and her mom won a contest with the Today Show and got to meet Kathy Lee and Hoda, which by the way, if you spend much time with her mom, they have a Kathy Lee and Hoda vibe, um, <laughs> but they loved Kathy Lee and Hoda. And I think they got to go on a ski trip or something with them. Um, Emily is a little sister to two just amazing brothers who have gone on and done really incredible and creative things, but she never let that bother her at all. Um, She's made her own way and done her own thing. She moved away, left the state right after her high school graduation. Her dad took a transfer and they moved to California. She attended a couple different universities and ended up working in the culture department of employee engagement at Southwest Airlines and then wrote a book for college students called She is More Than the Freshman 15, 15 Life Lessons for College. And it is for young girls. I was honored enough the year it came out, my niece was graduating from high school. And that was the first of many times I've given Emily's book as a gift. And that's exactly what it is, a gift. In this uh, in this episode, you'll hear us talk. I forgot she got herself on the Ellen Show She was on Kelly Clarkson's talk show about a year and a half ago on the the Bachelorette episode. (laughs) I mean, you would look at someone like her and think, man, she's lucky, unless you knew her. She makes things happen. She talks about something in this episode with me about the Hallmark Channel, which y'all know my background with Hallmark if you've been listening for a while. So there's another full circle thing. But she just jumped on her Instagram and like made stuff happen incredible, just an incredible, incredible young woman. And it just brings my heart so much joy. I have so much pride 
and am just so honored to know her. And I wanted to have her on and have a conversation so you could learn a little bit about what it is like to have identified your truth and your passion and really be comfortable in your own skin. And she she's vulnerable in this. She talks about quitting a job before she had a job because she missed her family. She talks about being, you know, downsized after COVID. She talks about some poor choices that she made choosing colleges and how she only went to one college for like a semester and then ended up in an, I mean, just her life. And it, this was just a really joyful time. And I hope that that's what you get from this conversation. We reunited um, on this call today and it was beautiful. So enjoy this conversation with Emily Hep. No, okay. I'm old and I sleep sometimes. So what yep. year did you graduate high school? 2010 class. Okay. Event. So let's see. Last time we like officially talked, yes. I feel like you were still at Southwest and you mm-hmm. were thinking like, I need to get home because there's nieces and nephews and pe- little people are coming. Yes. So you got home and you went back to the college. Yeah. So I, um, so yeah, we can dive into all the Southwest. I have some fun stories about that too. Oh, good, about good, how good. I got there and some failures <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I did, so my kind of journey so far was that I went to Southwest internship and then I was offered a job and that was a hard decision to kind of decide if I want to stay in Texas. And I stayed there for three years, moved my way up to executive assistant of culture services, which was awesome. So appreciating employees. And then I literally went back and I had no, like, I remember dropping my suitcases with my mom and I just like cried. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the ironic part was that I had to pay $70 for an over, like I overpacked my suitcase cause I was leaving. And so I paid my company $70 Southwest when I flew home to pay them to like, get me home. In hindsight though, I yeah. look at this and my husband has a similar, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. I think the living away, especially when you're very close to your family, living away at a young age like that, especially I think about you. And mm-hmm. when I, when I think about you and your little like tribe during your yeah. high school years, it was yeah. always like high positivity, low drama, just super tight knit. All about the experiences, all about the like involvement. Like you guys Mm -hmm. were stretched so thin. I think that's why there was no drama as you were stretched so thin. Yeah, you were very close. And then you move away and then you move away for your job. And it's like, you're constantly just having to, to work on this, right? Like you're really within yourself in those moments. I think that's really transformative for young people. Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm loved to be my family. And I think if I, hadn't left, I would not know that I could do it on my own. And just like simple tasks that I was like, I can do this. And I moved seven times, like sometimes by myself in Texas. And it was just like, it was such a learning experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. It was hard. And it was kind of when I realized I had anxiety and mental health came up and I was on my own. And from now on, I know I want to be around family, but if I hadn't left and experienced that, I think it would have like, it just would have changed my whole path. So I'm glad. Well, I, did. I think the power in that sense is you want to be with your family. Exactly. Not you need to be with your family or you don't <laughs> yeah. know not being with your, you make that yeah. choice. 
like think about you moved almost as many times as I did. And I did that all before the internet, really. (laughs) Right. I know. Like it's crazy. It is. And you look back on that later in life and you're like, man, like I did that. (laughs) So when I got back and I'm like crying, I still remember I went to a barbecue restaurant with my mom and I'm like, I've been up with my boyfriend of four years. I had quit Southwest, which is unheard of in that company. And I had no plan. And so I just wanted to be back. And I had eight months where I literally, I didn't work. And so I wrote my book during, I kind of finished writing my book during that process, um, which is crazy. And I'm so proud of it, but that's something I never, ever thought I would do. I mean, who would do that? But I mean, for the rest of your life, like I remember your social media when you came back, and yeah. I mean, I think I was a little in tune. Not, I mean, we didn't talk a ton, but we had yeah. a couple conversations around what you were thinking, what mm-hmm. you were doing. And I remember you like met your dad for lunch and you were taking walks with your mom. And I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, like I'm a hundred years older than you. And I'm thinking for the rest of your life though, that's moments you don't get back. That's, exactly. I mean, and you were in a kind of a, like a, maybe a, like a vulnerable kind of healing mm-hmm. place too. And to share that with them, I just especially knowing your family and how close you all are. I think that's just like such the coolest thing. Yeah. And it's hard when you have brothers that are so talented. (laughs) I'm like, girl. Um, Yeah. I mean, I got one brother who moves away to work on a blockbuster movie and I got another brother on this. Worked on Avatar. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I think for me, I mean, having them as inspiration was amazing because I kind of realized that I didn't, I wanted to set my own path. So I think Southwest led me to that. And I didn't want to be like the girl that used her brothers to get to where she is. Right. I wanted my own thing. So I'm proud of myself for that part of it. But that's the other thing too. Like you have to be confident enough to be okay with not knowing what you want to do because those two have known what they want to do since they could, you know, draw. I came back and had no idea what I wanted to do. And I think that's okay to take a break and breathe a little bit. But there was a point where I'm like, okay, I'm watching soap operas at noon. (laughs) And I had a little come to Jesus. You need to find something. Right. Um, But it was hard to find. And I ended up going back to my alma mater. So Chapman University. And I think it was for the right chapter of my life that I needed to go back to some familiarity, you know, just Mm -hmm. to have I had my best friend from college work across the street at the law school. It was kind of like you're back, but it was weird also being back. Right. But talk for a second. Mm -hmm. When did you start your book? Yeah, I started my book because I wanted to do something different than a blog or, you know, at the time blogging and writing your life out, it was such a big deal, but I felt like there were so many of those out there. And I was like, I don't know anyone my age that wrote a book. And so I actually wrote on all my flights there and back from Southwest um, when I would fly to Dallas to home because you could fly for free, which is awesome. So I would just start a, I started a page where I just started writing down 15 lessons for college. I had a passion to share it and I went to three colleges, which is crazy and unheard of. So I said, if I went to four, I'd write a book. And then I was like, you know, I have so much material. (laughs) What's that fourth one going to do? I know. I'm like, it's fine. But when I'm writing it, though, you read it so many times, you're like, I don't even think it's good anymore. You know, you like question yourself. My mom was my editor, basically, Mm -hmm. and I self-published it and I worked with the company and learned the ins and outs and I didn't really have any help. Um, But I am super proud of it. I'm proud of the quality of it. Oh, 
I still yeah. give it. I still, my nieces got, got my one niece, the oldest one got it yeah. the year it came out. She was graduating. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think an autographed copy actually. Um, <laughs> or I wrote in it. I think I wrote in it. I, don't yeah, think you <laughs> I autographed it for you, but um, yeah, I still give it and I still recommend it. And I got on Amazon today and was reading yeah. it and there's a quote on there. And I was like, this not only does it sum up the book, but it sums up your personality. Oh. Someone said the author shares lessons based on her own experiences that make you feel like she is your best friend's older sister. Yeah. I'm talking about how relatable and personable mm-hmm. and everything. But I was like, I kind of feel that way. Like that was who you were when you were like 17 oh, too. So about. <laughs> you were like the mom of your friends, but you were kind of like the one that was like, I will organize you and I will yes. give you the side eye if you're not behaving. Right. Yeah. And I think it's just funny. I, that's like my main thing when I'm speaking now too, is that I don't want to be intimidating and I want to be somebody that's like a friend and a resource. So when I've had, I just had a speaking opportunity with 600 women in college and it was like, I started off like, Hey, I have, you know, I was real honest. And I think that's what they need right now. And I think working in a college setting after writing this book taught me a lot too. And that I definitely have a passion. I would spend my job sometimes just counseling girls that would come in my office. (laughs) Like, which careers? What am I doing? Right. And, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's, in, that's next week. <laughs> yeah. And so I worked in athletics and I was the cheer coach and I loved being their coach because you get to transform these young women that mm-hmm. are amazing. And I still write letters of rec similar to like how you must feel. And it's just like, it's really empowering, but I also wasn't fulfilled in my job that I was in but I knew I needed a job. So it was a hard place to be in. Um, so I always start working on like, what's the next thing? What's my next oh, thing? Yeah. Be? And it's hard when you're kind of the thing that was hard was going from culture at Southwest to an environment. It was mostly male dominated athletics and they were awesome to me, but they did not want the cute frilly culture things that I was doing. <laughs> so I was like, do I need to dress different? Do I need to change who I am? Like, cause I honestly felt that way. These girls in there were wearing sweats and workout clothes. And I'm like, maybe I need to change. And then by the end I'm wearing my normal outfits Mm -hmm. and I'm decorating at Christmas and like, you know, doing what I know who I am. And I didn't want to change that. Well, I mean, anywhere you go after culture at Southwest, I mean, culture at Southwest is culture at Southwest. I mean, it's the things that books are written about. It's the thing every organization studies to try to be. And then to go into a culture that, I mean, higher ed's kind of a different place and athletics on higher ed is a much different place. (laughs) And then you have people who don't have business acumen, professional acumen. It's all like a sport type environment. And it is, I can imagine. But it was cool to see how you can like kind of transform people or change, you know, because at the end, my boss was like, I really like what you do, like adding that stuff. And I would have never thought like he did not seem interested at all. So I was like, okay, it actually like makes a difference or like, you know, you can change a work culture if you, if you work on it slowly. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You have, I think you have like everything else you have to manage expectations. Yeah. And it's hard being with students because your time with them is so limited Right. and they're stretched thin and Mm -hmm. But I'm, and this probably, you know, this sounds so egotistical, but I look back at what the fan stand meant to everybody that went through it. 
And I think it was really the first time within the four walls of a school that somebody just got out of their way and said to young people, like, I'll be here if you have questions, but you guys, you know, and let them kind of just spread their wings a little bit. And I look at undergrads coming in today and I'm like, there's no exploration. There's no, like, it's just such, it's even different from when you graduated. So much different. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know where I got this passion from. Yeah. And I mean, I got, I've got theories and I can tell stories for days, <laughs> but I just am so fixated. Mm-hmm. That's why I started this podcast and why I've really tried with this golden ticket concept. I just don't think that education, current state of parenting, current state of the world really mm-hmm. is at a place where it allows young people at any point yeah. to really come into their own anymore comfortably confidently and accept themselves and, and be like, here are my gifts. Here are the things that I'm really good at. And I'm going to lean in on things I struggle with, but I'm not going to worry about those necessarily. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I have a lot of things in this other column. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, my leadership, so I minored in leadership at Chapman and I don't know if most universities have that, but that's something that I gained more out of that than communications at the time. And it's just crazy. That's what led me to where I was at Southwest. I mean, I watched a video on culture in that class and I knew from that moment, that's what I wanted to do and know that there's companies out there that actually like appreciate people and employees and enjoy going to work. I was like, Oh, people like that. Like like going to work every day. Like and so that really opened my mind. Like, it was just crazy. Just the one video, you know, you just never mm-hmm. know what kind of spark it with within you. But yeah, I was set on doing it. And I applied to 11 of the internships after I watched that video. And I was denied to all of them. <laughs> I was like, uh, this is what I want to do, mom and dad. This is it. Yeah. I'm go to Texas and then denied. I was like, uh, what, do, what do you do? Like, I'm not really, you know, like, what, right. do, you, what do you do from there? And for some reason inside me, I just knew like, this is my only job path after college. And I'm like, this is crazy. And so I wrote, um, have you heard of the notebook that I did? Um, for, yeah. So I ended up writing, I have it with me actually still to this day. It's so cute. Uh, I got a gift shop. Like I ordered it online and it says Emily's ultimate flight graduation, December, 2013. Why do you love working for Southwest Airlines? Oh my and gosh. it's a notebook that has 40 signatures of people who work for Southwest. Isn't that crazy? You interviewed? Yeah. So I would, my dad only flies Southwest. So that year leading up to it, any flight that I took, I would go up to gate agents, pilots. I mean, it was awkward at first. And then I was like, hey, I would love to work for Southwest. Can you tell me why do you love working for this company? And seeing their responses just confirmed why I went into work there. But I mean, I only got one rejection from a pilot who's probably just needed to go fly the plane. So I was like, that's fine. (laughs) But it showed me, I mean, a lady gave me her sweater. It was weird. Like she gave me her Southwest sweater. I was like, thank you. (laughs) But like, it just showed me, you know, so I actually did some more internships and then reapplied. And I brought this book with me and I'm huge about creativity when you interview and bringing something like as a takeaway. And that's something I'm, I'm really passionate about um, for young women, especially with TikTok and Instagram and all this social media. Now it's like, you can really, I really believe you can land your dream job and get to where you want to go. It may take a couple years, mm-hmm. but um, that's something I'm super passionate about. 
Well, and that goes back to not listening to the media, not, this mm-hmm. sounds awful, but like yeah. I, understanding your parents' perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to out loud say don't listen to your parents, but right. I, my husband and I both teach. Mm-hmm. I only have one little cherub that call my own, but yeah. on a daily basis, I have to rein myself in from like letting my helicopter blades like start up and hover oh. over him. And from a place of love, like we just want what's better for our kids. And if that's saying, oh, but you're so good at math, you should go down this path or you should, should, like we should all over them. And then when it comes time for them to think about like, well, I applied to those 11 internships and I got turned down. I'm just, I'm not good enough for Southwest. Like it's just never going to work. Take that and be like, okay, where's the gap? What can I learn from this? Those aren't skills we're necessarily giving our kids. So I think it's so important for people like you to be vulnerable, to tell mm-hmm. your story, to show the way, to give tips and to say things like, it's okay. If like I had a kid in his undergrad at Anderson tweeted at the rock every day for a year. And I mean, in the most wonderful way, like okay. he did a bunch of Photoshop pictures and like, he'd be on a date with his girlfriend and he'd like Photoshop the rock in the back. Okay. Like it was just, he got on the news Oh, the Rock really? ended up like tweeting at him, but he was like, I want to hang out. Like I want to date, <laughs> but the Rock, like it became a thing. Wait, the news, yeah. yeah. And, and you don't know where that can lead. But he yeah. says to me, like, I, I can't turn that into a job. And I'm like, well, you can't tweet at the Rock for a living, but you right. can talk about tweet. I said, I would hire somebody to run my social media. Yeah. And they did 365. Yes. Like, you should see the last day thing he put together. It was. I have to look at it. That's. But so I funny. mean, who would? That's a transferable job skill. To like well, 365 days. Yeah, you would rather see their content. I mean, it's crazy, and yeah. I think. Yeah, I have to look at that because I love that. That's kind oh. of the I you know I speak about and. And in talking about failures, I'm definitely not, you know, yes, if you look on the outside, it's like, you wrote a book, you did this, you did this. And it's like, that's amazing. But I struggle all the time. I still, I'm without a job right now. And I had a dream travel job that I got and I lost it. And I think being vulnerable during this stage is huge because there wake up and it's hard to get motivated when I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. And I've been, it's sk- hard not to take it personally. Yes. It's I hard know. to be like, it's not know, well, that's, right. yeah. <laughs> nobody it's believes like, that when somebody's breaking up with you and nobody right, believes like, it when you get fired either. <laughs> right. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's, it's made me realize what I want to do. What's my next thing. And you always have to, and I admire you because I feel like you're always looking for, you know, what's the next thing that I can do to elevate my career. And even when I'm without a job, I'm doing that. And, um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's good to talk to students about, you know, I had a um, speaking engagement where there were 600 women and it was life-changing for me because I was the most I've ever spoken to in a setting. And then two weeks later, I'm crying on the couch because I had zero people, like nobody. I was eating corn dogs and just sad watching Hallmark. Like, I'm like, what is my life? But like, it's good to show that, like, you know, to be honest with people mm. and like, no, I just don't get 600 women randomly. Like this is like something I work towards. Right. And, um, that's why I started the mentorship program. So I started, you know, and I wanted to do something positive with my time during COVID right now. Yeah. And 
So my boss says this saying because he, I'm telling you, I could go, I could do four podcast episodes about my boss. He's amazing. But he says this thing about, I'm at a place in my life where I don't worry about the fruit on my trees. Mm -hmm. I am concerned about growing fruit on other people's trees. Oh, and I nailed him on that one time. I was like, I bet you kind of always been that way. And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been like the ultimate boy scout my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, but like at my place in my career and as the director of this program or whatever, that's how yeah. I frame that. But I think you fall into that category. I think you have always been trying to be the person who is inclusive of everyone, mm-hmm. valued everyone, very intentional you surrounded yourself with that group in high school as well. Um, and I have no doubt that all of the college stops that you made and those types of things and how well you must have fit at Southwest because mm-hmm. that's that was the whole purpose of the role you were in. Yeah. To value people and to yeah. lift people up so they can go out and raise others. I mean, like that mm-hmm. is, uh, it seems like such easy heart human physics but yeah. it just doesn't roll that way on its own. Like we, it needs people right. back there pushing. And I think like you taking time out to write books and start programs and mm-hmm. talk to, you know, groups or individuals or whatever that might be yeah. to have your voice heard. It just matters. Yeah. I appreciate it matters. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, I, I want to see the beauty in other people. I think that's something that I always look for. And that's something no matter who you are or you have a story. And I believe that. And I think for me with the mentorship roles, I realized I had all these amazing women that most people would think, you know, you're competing with them or, you know, right now it's such a competitive culture and yes, it is. And I definitely can get lost in that, you know, comparing myself with other people. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I want to honor these women that literally have made it or are working towards a goal, whether if it's tech, if it's being a lawyer, like I have them all across the field and I love just learning how they got to where they are. And for college students, I, my main thing I love about it is I ask like, how did you get started? What was that first job? And my, cause a lot of people see, okay, she's a journalist or whatever, but what, where did she start? So that's where I like to I asked them that. And then I put that in their bios. Cause I think it's important. So you don't feel overwhelmed. Like that's great that she's on, you know, whatever station or something, but how did she get there? Right. And cause she was um, probably a waitress or worked in fast food. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or a lifeguard. I'm like, I was a lifeguard for yeah. <laughs> no. There's always some customer service element to like, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. it's a huge learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. So the class that I was teaching in the MBA several mm-hmm. years ago, and I think I texted you from class because one of my MBA students was doing um, yes. Southwest. Yeah, I love that. Um, that was the class where I was teaching like HR special topics. I have no idea okay. why I was in that class, but I was the available <laughs> professor. And I was researching for the class and I come up on the fact that like 24% of the workforce in the United States consider mm-hmm. themselves to be engaged at work. That's it. 24%. That's it. And I was on this, like, what's wrong with corporate America? Why right. aren't they, you know, why aren't they doing more? And yeah. that's why, you know, we talked about Southwest and we talked about culture and we talked about those yeah. other things. But the more I have thought about this and the more i got into this golden ticket thing, I'm like, you know, some of that's on corporate America, but other parts of it are mm-hmm. on people not doing what you and I take the time to do and have conversations. And here's the thing. 
Like when you go into a room of 600 like college students mm-hmm. or, or two college students and you yeah. start talking about these things, you're kind of still an outlier. Yes. Like yeah. they're like, show me more evidence. Show yeah. me more evidence. But if you, it's important that you plant the seed, right? Like you, yeah. for them to have never heard this, but I constantly mm-hmm. say like, you have to figure out what it is that brings you joy. You have to figure out your gifts. Like you have to start within here, but I yeah. The number of people who show up to work every day in a job they probably should not be in. Yeah. And of course they're not exercising like their strengths. They're not contributing. They're not like walking up and asking for more because they're not where they belong. And I think that is something I'm in many ways. I'm hopeful that this pandemic Mm -hmm. has, is going to bring about a perspective disrupt. I mean, this word gets overused when we talk about this pandemic, but a disruption in our perception of what's important, like what we have access to, what we deserve, who we really are, our mental health, our Mm -hmm. self-worth and self-esteem, and just our self-awareness, self-acceptance. Like it's all kind of just stems from that. Definitely. And I always ask um, in my, in my speaking engagements, I always say, what are the, write down three things you just love to do? Like, what are you passionate about? What do you enjoy? What makes you happy? And then how are we going to turn that into a career? Because I think that is something for me, like mentorship, servant leadership, career building, like that's something I'm passionate about. Doesn't mean the next person is, but I think you can really turn what you love into a career. And I think you're a great example of that. And I'm an example of somebody who's, you know, working my way towards what I think that next job is. And I want to be happy. And I think if it takes time to get there, that's okay. And okay. Yeah, but it might, you know, take some days are really long than others, you know, without a job. I'm like, but, you know, I think if it means I'm going to get to my ultimate career path, I think that's exciting to me. But look at all the people you come in contact with along the way. Yeah. You could take this like unemployment and continue to sit on the couch and, you know, inhale those corn dogs and exhaust Netflix (laughs) and and come out the other end, like feeling worse yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Or you can go get another notebook and start filling it with signatures, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I cannot tell you the transformation I believe happens just from people talking. Yes. Yeah. Like hearing people's story, understanding people's story, because inevitably you're going to be 10 people away and hear something that you think, oh, these two need to meet. Like, yeah. wait a minute, right? Like, yeah. there's there is such importance in that, and especially for women. Yes. I think, oh, especially for women today, or any underrepresented group. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really going to be a lot of intentionality, and a lot yeah. of a lot of allies are going to yeah. have to be along this on these journeys. So, I just the fact that this has always just come so natural to you, I think, is yeah. so fantastic. My dad always says, you know, he would, you know, he's in sales and pharmaceuticals and he says, talk to people about what they know, like ask them questions and they're light up. He's like, just, you know, it's like, ask them about their job or what do you love doing about it? Whether it's a doctor, whatever it is. And that just like listening and like hearing them speak is huge. And I, I learned that a lot from him and something with COVID is like, I, I tell people, they're going to ask you, like, what did you do with your time during, you know, this pandemic, especially if you didn't have a job or got let go. And I am happy that I can, you know, say something, but even for these college students, they can say, Hey, I researched and I did some, a mentorship program and I got connected with somebody in my field. And I think 
it's just using this time wisely. Not every day is productive, you know, but I think for me, if I can have, you know, a couple productive weeks in a row and feel good about where I'm going, I think that's important, especially if it's just one thing at a time <laughs> getting well, through. <laughs> and I, the, the word productive, I think is important to frame because when this thing first hit and everybody was like, Ooh. Oh, learn a new language. Oh, Nikon's giving away free classes to learn to be a photographer. Oh, this grandma in Italy is uh, on Facebook Live. She's going to teach you how to make homemade noodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I'm breaking my own bread. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> and I wonder how many are actually still doing. <laughs> oh. Well, I think we all set ourselves up for failure on that. But oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. your point, I'm yeah. investing in myself, right? I'm right. taking assessments. Mm-hmm. I'm doing coachings. I'm having conversations with people. Yep. But then I think we stall out on like, how do we share that message? I am forever trying to get these young people yeah. write a LinkedIn article or post something or share that and like, or even write a recommendation on the person who had the mentee conversation with you, yeah. write a recommendation on their LinkedIn, do something to pay that forward or to put it out there to show that you've done some action. But I feel like to the young people that I say that to, I sound like the lady who's like, bake the bread. Learn the language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I think especially with LinkedIn, it's hard to get them engaged. That's something I've learned too. And it's, you know, until you get the app and you download it and you just do like, just connect. And even if you don't have any internships or anything, right, that you were in your sorority, you were a new member educator, like that alone shows so much. And I think they don't realize that and they don't think they need it. And I'm like, you just need to get an account. Like that's the first step. Well, here's the crazy thing about Gen Z. Yeah. Okay, 50% of the world population right now is under the age of 30. So crazy. And they're digital natives. So we look at them and think, well, you guys, this is second nature. Like you should just jump on LinkedIn and start conversations (laughs) with total strangers. Which by the way, we've been telling them their whole lives is dangerous. Don't do it. Other thing we've been telling them since like fourth grade is one bad photo, one bad post, one bad thing happens on social media, ruin your whole life. Right, right. (laughs) And so if you watch their social media patterns, they like the, like the social media, like, listen listen to me sound like a boomer. They like the IG stories because when they comment, it's behind the scenes. They like all the expirable, like Snapchat stuff. So when I try and show them LinkedIn and I say things like LinkedIn is the number one social media platform in the world today for engagement. That means people are having conversations. They look at me like that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, they're like that is not what I want. No, no. I don't interact in that way. Yeah, I don't want is. to be permanent. Yeah, it's it's hard to get them to even get an account or want to engage in that and I don't I don't know what the next steps are in that or how to get them to become, you know, I I asked, you know, just give me a follow and you can look at mine and see, you know, an example because maybe that's mm-hmm. it. Maybe they need a visual, they're overwhelmed by it, but I think it, it takes a lot to get them to, unless it's on TikTok or whatever, you know, right. I don't know. And I, but that's where I'm like, use those platforms for positivity, use them for creativity. Mm-hmm. I just did a Hallmark video that I made. I don't know if you saw it to, mm-hmm. you haven't seen it. No, I need to get on there. <laughs> so my next thing I would love to be, I don't know if anyone watches that Hallmark home and family TV when I was struggling, getting up in the morning, feeling productive, I asked my mom, Betsy Hepp, most positive lady on earth. I'm like, how do you do this every day? And like, she doesn't have a job. You know, how do you feel productive? And she said, 
I just get up and I put on something positive and I, I put it on in the background. It gets me going and it was home and family TV. And ever since then I've watched it and I'm like, I can do that. And I would love to be a correspondent. It's a Christian, you know, message. They don't talk about news politics. Like it's basically positivity. This would be Betsy Hep, who you got to meet <laughs> Kathleen Hoda. Like, let's be honest when the Hep girls get a goal. <laughs> I know. And so I, was like, you know, my mom kind of looked at me one day. He's like, you need to take your own advice. I was like, yikes. Thanks mom. <laughs> mom. I'm like, whoa. Hit in the- I'm like, she's like, you need to get creative again. And I was like, whoa. Okay. So I made little segments around my house. I didn't leave the house, made segments that imitated their segments on home and family, Aww. posted it at 9am. I was noticed by noon, three hours later. From did, What platform did you put it on? On TikTok or on Instagram? Instagram. I actually don't have TikTok. So that's something, yeah, I I have not ventured into. And I did not, there was no job posting. Like it wasn't like I was, there was like a job. So everyone was, oh, okay. And I just said, hey, if you like the video, tag Home and Family TV. It had over like a hundred comments from friends, family, from people on the show. The two hosts liked it. Like it was crazy. So the next day I had a phone interview with an executive producer. Like it's exactly like the rock thing, you know, it's like yeah, crazy. And I still don't know where that's going today, but I at least had a phone call. I sent over my resume and the host is like, you know, we're been in talks about adding you to the show. I mean, this is like a dream show for me. I mean, most people. Okay. But let's pretend for a moment. This <laughs> stops here. Yeah. Let's pretend. Yeah. For the rest of your life, when you're on a stage and you can tell that story. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. The things that you make happen and that you put out give you more talking mm-hmm. points and yeah. more evidence to go out and inspire people. Yeah. And just to be creative with how you use, you know, your resources. And, and it, for me, it was just like, okay, let's use my own advice and actually like do this. But putting it out there is, it's kind of scary. You know, it's like, wow, I just did this. It could flop right in front of my face. And sometimes it does. And I think for me, it's just important to just try. And if it doesn't work, you know, at least I got noticed and maybe it'll lead to something in the future, but it's crazy. I I think that whole, like, what if this fails? Okay, we'll move on. That Mm -hmm. little piece of resilience is another thing I think that needs to be modeled so much. Like I, um, I, I can't tell people enough, like you're risking nothing. Like just try it, make the video, post the video, tag people. Even if you get zero, it. Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And delay your gratification. What if you post it and then like two yeah. months later it popped, like you, right. can, you have to like manage expectations, which is something I think we're all very bad at. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know I am, but yeah. And I think that's something that I, my friends are always like, you just like go for it. And I'm like, I don't really see like the bad side to it. Like, I don't really see it ever going negatively, you know, or like, why not? I'm like, especially on Instagram and stuff. So is that nature, nurture, who you are? Like, where do you think that comes from? Because I can sit here and tell you more stories about people that don't have that and generations that don't have it and subsets Mm -hmm. of people that don't have it. So I want to ask, why do you think you have that? I, you know, I think I have it from being around brothers that were so inspired and motivating, you know, we moved from Cal from Indiana to California and not many people do that in Indiana. 
And once I kind of saw, you know, this is possible and there's opportunities and new opportunities, I was all about it. But I think growing up in an environment where, you know, career and my dad was a pharmaceutical, he's a pharmaceutical manager. He Mm -hmm. is like suit and tie, just normal dad. And we're here like, let's go do this and be on Avatar and go to Ellen show. And like, my parents were like, whoa, this is not, you know, there right. are some my mom's like, I don't know. I inspired them. Maybe, maybe it was too much because then everyone left, you know, and like, right. and it's hard. And so hard. I think growing up in an environment where my dad was such a hard worker and encouraging, he still today is like, Hey, what can we do to make your speaking you know, engagements better? And I think being in having parents that are invested and willing to, fly their son out to California to to interview with Ellen. Like it's just crazy. And I think people from maybe Indiana don't think they can make it out here. And I think you can. And, you know, it, he had some art teachers, Andrew did that were like, Hey, it just doesn't work out there. Like it doesn't happen. You know, it's just hard to get into the industry. And then my brother like goes and does it. So that's all he needed to hear. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's who I surrounded myself with and who, um, my Ooh, brother. Let me stop you there though. Let me stop you there. Yeah. Cause here's the other thing I'm starting to realize we have yeah. to stop saying things like that because this is the other thing I'm going to tell you Yeah. when, especially as you know, cause again, I'm old. So I have a lot of hindsight as I look back at you, I yeah. feel like you were in high school. You, again, all the things I said about you earlier, you were a very positive individual. Mm-hmm. You valued everyone. You included everyone. Yeah. You were confident and involved, mm-hmm. intentional, and all of your friends were that way. Like that, and I try and tell people this about finding your truth and yeah. your self-acceptance and like being healthy mm-hmm. with your boundaries, being healthy with your expectations, being healthy in your relationships. Because once you kind of level up, then you start to attract those people. And the leveling up becomes more of a team sport mm-hmm. <laughs> and the maintaining the level is more collaborative because yeah. it's inspiring. So yeah. I think that once we fix and work on and believe in this mm-hmm. in ourselves and we, yeah. we're in touch with our heart and our intention and we're easy to get vulnerable, we attract those people like that's who, because you start to realize like, okay, this over here is dragging me down. Or this yeah. over here is kind of of a downer yeah. or it's depressing oh, yeah. or it's not healthy. Then you start yeah. to gravitate. I think that that is sometimes the difference maker. I think in your formative years mm-hmm. being, you know, I don't know, what what year did you get involved in cheerleading? Uh, eighth grade. Yeah. Eighth grade. Okay. So that's a sport. That's yeah. a, a lot of girls having, I mean, like you think what you learned through that and then being in all the other organizations and things you were in leading as a young lady in high school mm-hmm. and then just all the choices that you made after that. Yeah. I think the real thing that you're doing that I admire the most is you are taking people who did not maybe have the opportunities and the tribe and the upbringing and the opportunity in the school even yeah. And looking at these people and thinking, hold on, stay right there. I'm going to yeah. find you someone who yeah. can help you. I, I'll find you someone yeah. who can model this yeah. for you. Or oh, it's if so you're big. a mentor, like it's like some people like, oh, I don't think I add value. Like, I don't think they'd want me as a mentor. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, or like, I don't have many friends, you know, and it's like, it's crazy. But I will say my mom to this day is like seventh, eighth grade, one of the worst years of my life. And not being a nice, you know, person, not surrounding myself with as maybe as positive girls. 
And my mom's like, you need to make a decision. She found Lauren Wood, which is hilarious. She literally picked her out because how she treated her mom at a banquet. (laughs) That stuff matters though. (laughs) Yeah. My mom goes, that needs to be one of your friends. You should talk to her. And I literally had changed my entire friend group by the time I got to high school. And I think what you're saying, like that exactly is what changed who I am. And I, if I maybe had been with the same seventh and eighth, not saying they can still be my friends and I could like them, but if I hadn't moved into, you know, quality versus quantity, you know, in high school, maybe two is better than 15 that you don't really like, or you Mm. get an influence, but it's, it's crazy. It really is. Yeah. So what do you think is next? And I don't mean like job. I mean, yeah. I hope to turn on the Hallmark channel and see your segment. <laughs> Get your Hallmark blanket and you're ready right? to go. <laughs> Like if you could write your post-COVID schedule, I mean, sure, you're going to be fully gainfully employed, but yeah. speaking engagements, college mm-hmm. tour, like what? what is your, what's your wish list? Yeah. So a wish list would be definitely a college tour where it can go around and have speaking engagements with whether it's sororities, that's something I've been focusing on and making sure they know that their career, you know, in their sorority even matters because some of them don't think you're ever going to talk about it in interviews. And I think I actually started doing real estate. So I started um, doing a course with my mom, actually. So I just started that. So I could, you know, and that's something where you're in a position to interact with people I need a job where I'm interacting with people Mm -hmm. and I can influence and, you know, maybe find their dream home for them. And it's something with flexibility and hopefully start a family soon, you know, after found a boyfriend, you know, I got that pretty good. (laughs) Well, that has not, I I don't mean this in a bad way at all, Yeah, but that has not been a priority for you. (laughs) I mean, you're like, Look, I'm gonna get this job. I'm yeah, like you're like, I'm working on me over here. And I think again, that is like another tick box indicator that you're good and I'm working on me and I'm doing my thing. And I my first like eight years at Walmart, everybody was like, You're you need to slow down, you're never gonna meet anybody. And I'm like, Right, what What do I need to do that for? (laughs) I did the um so I was on Kelly Clarkson's show as her bachelorette for, um, which is hilarious. And also I forgot about that made my way onto that show. So I, um, Jason Derulo, like what? I mean, like it was crazy. He was there and it didn't work out obviously, but a week (laughs) later, so almost a year, um, on Saturday, two days later when the show aired, I went on a date with a guy, um, who's from Indiana. So you just never know. And I think, I don't know if I can predict what's going to you know, I have a wish list, but you know, down the line, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's kind of a futile effort if that 2020 taught us anything, but right. But like I've gotten my relationship with him and I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't landed, you know, I landed that travel job, which was a dream job again. And I traveled to Hawaii for a month and got to experience it for a whole month and then came back to COVID. So I just didn't have, you know, the full experience, but that's okay. And sometimes that happens in life. And I think that if you have seen a pattern of things in your life as as young as you are, it's that those moments, those experiences, whether they're as long as you want them to be or not, all serve your bigger purpose. They Mm -hmm. all serve to like 
reinforce what your purpose and what your calling I think looks to be. I I feel that way a lot when I'm trying to like do things for this podcast, like talking to a former high school student. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, man, like I say, looking back at your path is probably one of the best exercises for Mm -hmm. thinking about your future because everything just starts to click and come together. And you're like, I get it. I get it. So now I can have like real faith in like what's going to happen next because I know that you'll be okay. Yeah. Where that leads you. But yeah, the, the career, the travel job, I needed it still because I needed to get out of the university and I, I needed a change and I knew it was needed. So I got to go to St. Louis and go to the headquarters and I loved the company and I felt like I was back at a Southwest and it gave me hope. And, you know, unfortunately, maybe down the line, I'll get to work with them again, but it's customer service. I was interacting with people and it gave me a little glimpse of like, that's what you need. To yeah. Eat feel, you know, happy in your job and everything. So, well, and, and you know that now. Yeah. So I know not to settle for anything less, even though if it means, you know, not taking that job that you kind of handed at, you know, handed to, or I don't know, it's interesting. So I definitely know what I'm looking for now. Yeah. After many years. <laughs> How did I forget the Kelly Clarkson show? I mean, my dating I, life, that's a whole I need to of get the Emily uh, resume updated because this is, it's all yeah, too good. We definitely put ourselves out there. <laughs> oh, in all the best ways. Yeah, in all the best. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's yeah. just take Janie K for example. Janie K. I yeah. see on Facebook her sister gets married. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, Janie sends an email yeah. to the manager. All of a sudden, this guy's playing at their wedding, and Isn't I'm like. There are things that people like you and Janie Kay yeah. and Lauren and all of these yeah. spectacular yeah. people, because yeah. you have a heart for others, yeah, just make things happen. It, I mean, they do. why I any like of us are at all shocked? I know this. Kristen was like, I can't believe my sister did this. And I'm thinking, yeah, you can. Yeah, you yeah. can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know. And I'm like, but she just sends an email. It was yeah. like, what do I have to lose? Cause the best case yeah. scenario is this guy shows up at my sister's reception and there he is. Like, yeah, it's just beautiful. And I think that's another lesson of when you just have the hope and the love for other people that you're like, I'm just going to give this a try and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but. Well, you can't hang yourself worth on everything, right? Like if it doesn't work, I'm a failure or if yeah. it doesn't, you know, like, no, that's not how that yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, and there's definitely like after I had zero people go to my <laughs> my you know my boyfriend's like oh my gosh how did it go and I'm like uh, it was I, you know I felt you know you definitely have those feelings but it took a day or two and I'm like okay I'm back on my feet and after right. 600 you could breathe again I'm like okay I can do this and like it's you can't rely on yourself where you can't you know say just that one of it is going to mark your self worth right and, right 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 yeah well I have a question for you is that okay yes. Okay. <laughs> Well, I always like to know, like, what is something that you're excited about for it, whether in career, job, life, like what's something that excites you for the future? So I think the thing that excites me the most right now is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to lean on Barack Obama for a second, because yeah. he said this um, back, I believe it was May. Mm-hmm. He did a town hall around some of the protests and some of the things going on, and he introduced the town hall by... Mm-hmm thanking young people and saying, 
If you want to know what matters and where change is coming, watch young people in our country. And he said, as far back as getting women to vote, and he gave some other examples in history, and he said, young people will lead us out of whatever it is needs to be changed. And he said, watch the, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking. I know, I literally have He's such a good orator anyway, but when he said that, I thought to myself, what an amazing, amazing career choice I made back in 2003 to be around and understand Mm -hmm. young people. And I've kind of been on this journey of like being in high school, being an undergrad, and now I'm in a graduate program. And I continue to watch. And like I said earlier, it's easy for me to to dump a stat like 50% of the world's population is under the age of 30. Okay. Like they're they're bigger than the baby boomers who we've studied in history textbooks forever. But the sheer size of this group of young people who they have grown up with um, fake news and, you know, all this unrest and now a pandemic technology just, but they're, you know, drug use has gone down. Teen Mm -hmm. pregnancies have gone down. All these other things have continued to decrease. But the thing that is we're struggling with right now is mental health. Yeah. And again, I look, I I joke all the time. I'm really not joking when I say it, but I I make light of the fact that I have always wanted to teach parents and not kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything I've really struggled with kids on, it's like that came from your parents. Yeah. And I think that the thing that I'm most excited about and the thing that I look to is just, I have so much hope yeah. for what young people are going to do in this world. I, I think from uniting us as a, as a globe mm-hmm. around how we're going to impact the climate, how we will impact humanitarian things, how we will yeah. continue to figure out better quality of life. I'm com- My son asked me the other day, like, what do you yeah. think is the number one problem in the world? Yeah. And I said, well, I can't speak for the world, but I can tell you in the United States, the thing that bothers me the most is income inequality. Right. And he's like, well, how do you even fix that? And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, like, yeah. we're going to need people who just wake up one day and are like, this isn't working for everybody. And yeah. I think this is the generation to do it. So the thing that I'm most excited about in my career mm-hmm. is I tried for seven years at the high school level. Yeah. And it was great. It was rewarding. And I loved it, but I outgrew it. Like I had more yeah. I wanted to accomplish. So then I'm at the undergrad level and I was loving that. And, but then this opportunity comes for me to be in grad school. And I am literally teaching people who are going to go out and be these transformative leaders for this group of young people that I'm so excited yeah. about. That's coming literally up. what you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And I just, I think that I have had, like I, we were just saying, like, yeah. I look back at where I've been and how I've gotten to the next place. Mm-hmm. This is my place right now. Like, yeah. this is where, and it's really funny. I have a lady in our program who's a teacher, high okay. school teacher, and she joined yeah. the program because she's like, I want to understand technology better and be better for my students. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like three semesters in and she's realizing what she's capable of. And now her conversation is, I think I can leave education, get a job for the right company that believes and does the right thing. And I can impact classrooms of students all over the world, not just the one in my hometown. I know. And I'm like, I'm, I'm teaching her in a class this semester. And I'm just like, I literally get up every morning and I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Let's do this because 
And to me, there's just so much hope. Do you like, you know, I look at you and people look at me sometimes they're always so positive and like, sometimes I'm not, and I'm having really bad days, but like, what do you do to get out of that funk? Or like, oh my goodness, that's such a good question. And I, I mean, this sounds crazy because I'm gonna be 50 yeah. in June. Like, yeah. I have learned so much about myself in this pandemic because I'm a hugger. Yes. And I've yes. always felt like I was like, I needed people around and that I needed to be in person. Yeah. And like, I call myself the edutainer because I'm like <laughs> in the front of the room. And I just, I was like, I gotta have people looking at me. I will tell you that I, what I have learned is my bucket filling. Uh I mean, I'm in control of like what fills my bucket and you know, like I love to read. So a good two or three hours quiet after dinner in the evening, just, I very rarely watch TV. I kind of, I like that. I like listening to podcasts. I like managing and feeling like I'm, I'm managing things well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. And then I show up differently for things like I get excited about this podcast. It doesn't feel like this was somebody asked me that, like, how much money are you making on that? I'm like, it costs oh. me money. <laughs> I'm not making they anything. Like yeah, I'm like, and they're uh, like, why would you? And I was like, oh no, I feel like the minute I'm tying this to some sort of revenue stream, yeah, it becomes like a chore or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, I don't know. And I learned I've, you know, Enneagram and I've tried to do yep. more assessments and I'm really trying to yep. pull threads of like, what is it that motivates you? What is it that, and I really honestly think that when kind of like you, mm-hmm. I have an unlimited, unaware amount of energy when yep. I'm helping other people or when I'm pouring yep. into people's lives or when I'm defending something or when I'm fighting for, I, I don't know what that is or where it comes yeah. from, but it is when you know you are tapped into the right stuff. Yeah. It's almost like when you volunteer too, you get that feeling, you know, you never walk away like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, I shouldn't have gone to that volunteer thing. It's like, it has that feeling that you get from it. And that's how I feel too, after speaking to anybody really, you know, it gives you that thing. Yeah. I started a door on my, like, I, it's like a, for me, I'm religious, like a prayer door, you know, Mm -hmm. I ask for requests and it's, it's something, or you could do an encouragement door, whatever it is, but it kind of just like centers me a little bit in the morning because it's on the back of my door and I'm like, oh, I got to go do, you know, like have to go do this or something. Right. Look at all these people that are going through all this, you know, different things. And like, I can get through today. No, honestly though. Yeah. yeah, It it puts me back into my place sometimes because I'm like, oh, I wish I could be doing this or this. And it's like, you know, there's so much more going on in the world and I should be grateful that something I realized. So not all my friends have this passion that I do. So I'm learning that at the end of the day, like it is up to you to fulfill that need in you to fulfill your passion, to fill your cup or whatever that is, because there are many times they're like, why would you do that? Or like, why, you know, I have people ask or like, oh, you want to write a book? Like, "Uh, okay, that's cool. And like, they never ask me follow-up questions. (laughs) Like, you know, like, am I not supposed to be doing this? But then you have those other people that are like, okay, let me read it. Let me do this. Let me do this. And like, so not everybody's going to have that passion and drive and that's okay. And I think everyone's meant to fulfill like different roles in your life, but oh, for sure. need those people to but fill. To your point too, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, we could go on for days about the dangers yeah. and the harms of social media, but yes. I think too, yeah. in many ways, seeing people just get on TikTok and be silly or see people yeah. get on TikTok and tell TikTok why they need to work for TikTok and then get a job at TikTok. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Or, 
you know, just seeing how many people approach that platform or whatever it is that you watch. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I do think that when it's against your grain or against Mm -hmm. what you feel like is possible, because no one's ever modeled it before you before, you have to have that message introduced in many forms over time before you're willing to take a chance. Mm -hmm. And many people in your position would let that light dim or not share that I'm going to write a book or not, you know, put on their personal Instagram account that I'm going to do these Hallmark home segments in my own house. (laughs) Be very entertained when you watch it later. But but yeah, like I just, that's a real talent and is something you continue to have to share with the world because that's going to do more than get Hallmark to call you. That's going to be an inspiration. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's why I do what I do. And I took my own advice, which is hard sometimes. Well, and you'd be full circle for me because that's the company that I always told my story about that I wanted to work for Hallmark my whole childhood. With the cards, right? I remember that. I know there's like, everyone's like, what job are you applying for? I'm like, there is no job. Yeah, no. I'm just like putting my name out there. And so I just. Yeah, you're like, did I not prove to you 11 times at Southwest that doesn't work that way? Yeah. (laughs) You don't wait. No, you know, yeah, I'm like, I'm just gonna do it. And then I also was like, should I use Austin as my editor? You know, edit it all. And so I literally downloaded this like $2 app and I did it all myself. I add a little music. And like, you know, sometimes I think he'll get offended if I don't use him. But he's like, I was like, I wanna do this for me and not, you know, not have the help right now for that. And he was like, it looked amazing. Like, I'm sure he could have made it 100 times better. I think that imperfection. I mean, yeah. I've been telling people for years, jump on a Facebook live, don't clean yeah. your office, don't like yeah. go put extra yeah. makeup, just be you. That's what everybody yeah. wants to see is authenticity anyway. Yeah. And that's something I'm really big about as a person and knowing that like, that's why I left SDSU. It's why I went to Ball State and made it to Chapman. I mean, it's just like, I just wasn't me. And I think if you know that deep down, you don't have to change um, who you are, which and is how much me. quicker you get the me- like a, a semester at the wrong school. You're like, mm, no, this is wrong. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, I had the police in my room my first night. I was like, what's happening to my life? Like, you know, I'm like, what's going, this is little yeah. Emily from Indiana like, right. what's <laughs> out here. And so it definitely, you know, I definitely have some trial and errors, but it got me to where I am today. And I'm, I'm honestly really happy at where I am. So, and look at the number of people you help. I mean, yeah, so proud of that. Thanks. Yeah, I have over a hundred mentors right now, so I'm super excited about that. And if you ever know of anybody that wants to be a mentor, or if you would like to be a mentor, I know you have a lot of things going on. Oh no, I'm all about it. I love being a mentor, and I have. I mean, tons off the top of my head, I could tell you a ton, but people listening to this, yeah, that would give them a little, um, and I'll put in the show notes how people can find you, but what would being a mentor for these folks, what would that look like? So the role itself is very low time commitment, actually. So I connect them. I introduce them on Instagram and or via email, whichever way they prefer. And then basically, I just ask if they have some questions. The mentee asks the mentor their questions, and it kind of goes off from there on their own. Some of them FaceTime them. Some of them have done you know little interviews, just email, just DMing. So it's pretty low time commitment. And it's just a resource. So it's just somebody that reaches out maybe a year from now and they're like, Hey, I'm in this degree. What can I do with it? Or so very low time commitment. I would say. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels so 2020, right? (laughs) 
And I'm like, everyone's home. So like, this is the time to reach out. I've gotten people on Married at First Sight people. I've got like these funny, like <laughs> random ones that they've reached out to me or if I've reached out and it's like, this is cool. But for me, amazing. I like to show that there's like real people. It's hard, you know, if you bachelorettes, bachelor, you know, mm. all of those industry, it's like, it's hard, you know, they can easily speak to a group and get invited to go speak to them. But I think for a real person like myself, like I've done some cool things, but like to show I'm just a normal girl, like who's trying to make it, you know, and I think that's something they don't really have. But to think about like some of the mental health issues or some of the people that are struggling with work from home in your mind, you're like, I don't have room for one more thing. But Mm -hmm. if that one more thing is really low impact and it really does pay it forward to help young people, you mm-hmm. find the time and when yeah. you're done with it, you're like, that was so rewarding. And it is, I don't think people realize how rewarding being a mentor is like, yeah. it is so amazing. And I've had um, high school, so, you know, people from our high school are mentors now. And it's just, I've covered almost every kind of career path. And if there isn't some, I'm, I'm researching and looking for new people to fill that. But um, yeah, it's a little time commitment. It's fun. It's mostly all women and it's just a really great way to spend your time, I think. It's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It means a lot, especially during all this craziness. So I know. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. I love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, so did you get it from this conversation? What it means to be in your truth, to be living your authentic life. It's not perfect. It's not fancy jobs and big paychecks and flawless, you know, forms of perfection everywhere. There's no unicorns. There's no glitter. Sometimes you find yourself on your parents' couch, but you know when you have found the right role, the right time, you know when to resist, when to push back. You know when rejection is project protection. You know the things because you're very confident. And that's what I think is so beautiful about Emily and her heart is she is at that place. Like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, when you get to the tippy, tippy, tippy top, that tiny little point on the pyramid is self-actualization. That to me, if the golden ticket had a pyramid, that would be where you are using your gifts and your authentic self to empower and help other people. And everything that Emily does is in that arena. And that's what I think is so fantastic. So if you are interested in connecting with her, her Instagram handle is Emily Ann Hep. I'll put it in the show notes. Reach out to her if you would like to mentor. Reach out to her if you would like to have her speak. Reach out to her if you would just like to watch her Instagram and see what goes on with this Hallmark Channel thing. But just stay connected if you'd like. And also stay connected to me. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I hope you found something in it for yourself. And go have a great week. (music) 